Hey, let's kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you free every week from the folks at, well, where else? Geekinthecity.com. You can also watch us stream the show weekly every Tuesday on twitch.com forward slash geekinthecity at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. If you enjoy the show, you can also help us out over on patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity. Your support there helps us do more content and create more shows and overall make it a better experience for you, the best audience in the world. As always, always share the show and make some comments for us or give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms you enjoy listening to this show on. And with that, let's kick off this all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Why, hello, and welcome to issue 673 of Geek in the City Radio. I am one of your ooh, ridiculously loud hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm your, presumably at a normal volume, Binarita. Yes, you are. And I am always pitch perfect Cable Hashitani. What's going Shut on, friends? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Shirt aside, face. <laughs> aside from having um, random music stuck in my head? So... Uh, Cable even admitted that he knows that this is his fault. Oh yeah, yep. But how did how did you get it in your head first? Um, I don't know. It it lives within my uh, mental jukebox, and my mental jukebox is triggered by anything and everything at any time, without any provocation or through line that makes any sense to rational and even irrational human beings. Uh... Okay, no, that makes sense. I think I think I thought everyone had one of those. I just don't experience mine because there is never silence around me. I don't. What is silence? Um. Well, either I'm talking to somebody or I'm listening to something. That's what or I mean. Watching like, I, yeah, there is no silence. Um, yeah, like if I'm never in a silent space, then um, like why would I play music in my head? I almost always have something in my head. Like I mean, it'll still happen sometimes, but very rare. And it'll usually be because I heard something. Or, I don't know. Like something triggers a specific random song and, and there it is for hours. But most of the time I'm just thinking about or listening to other things. Um, I'm sorry. I think I need to back up. You, neither of you ever have any moments of silence. 
No. Like, like in my head, like utter silence, like around, like my environment and then myself. Oh yeah. Which, which one are you? Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm talking about uh, your physical environment. Okay. No, no. You never have a moment of silence. Uh, sleeping? Un, un, that's not sleeping. No. Uh, unless I choose to wake up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning, no. Fascinating. And just go sit out on my couch, maybe like pour a cup of coffee and either like casual doom scroll or try to like maybe catch up on some comics reading or, or something. No. Yeah, no. if if I don't need to be like available to listen to someone else in 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 my environment, I am playing something in my ears. I can't really like work or focus without it. I can't function in silence. I, I think I, I thought that about myself at one point, but there are times where I cannot. Mm. I lit like I will attempt different forms of music or podcasts or anything and I cannot do it. It's like, nope, that I need nothing so I can focus. I might be missing like 90% of what's being said, but it still needs to be playing. Um, I think that I didn't used to be that extreme. Um, and it's just one of those things that like my brain is like no longer capable of finding a workaround or making up for it in a different way fascinating yeah and i have very specific types of audio Oops. that my brain requires depending on what i am doing um huh. am i plugged in by the way i hear nothing through my headphones uh yeah i don't even have cool. my headphones on you don't what a weirdo no you're do you hear me now nope how weird yeah you're you're going. Now I... Oh, it's oh, the it's wire your, itself. It's your wire. Sorry. I think this one's me. Yeah. You get ready for it. Prepare your body. Uh, yep. Um, now I can hear things. Okay. So we don't touch that then. Don't touch the wire. Uh, so yeah, I have specific types of what I listen to depending on what I'm doing. So as a rule, if I'm doing housework, mm-hmm. that's podcasts. Um, if I am cooking or if I'm cooking, then it's usually kind of fun, peppy music, like, like fun, Mm -hmm. like the, just, and music that I know the songs, like the lyrics to everything, nothing new. Um, new songs must be carefully vetted and take weeks for my brain to decide whether or not they are allowed in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, cause then once they're in they're they're in. Right. Um, this is so weird. So yard work. Yard work is also often podcasts, but only like comedy ones that I don't want to be super focused on. I can't listen to like audio dramas or more serious shows. So like yard work is good for like, like fun employment radio. That's mm-hmm. a good yard work song podcast for me. Uh, Kill every monster depends on the monster. <laughs> if it's a True. monster that is True. very serious, I can't do it. But if it was like the flump where they're mainly just cracking jokes, then I can do that. Oh, the um, Let's see. Uh, brewing is also podcast and or some form of metal. Um, folding laundry has to be a podcast. Uh, and then when I am writing, it can only be music, no lyrics. 
Huh. I'm not that extreme. As long as I'm I not- never really thought about it until I started speaking about it out loud that I have specific things for specific mm. tasks. Fascinating. I'm basically all podcasts or audiobooks unless I'm actively reading or like, I don't know, doing a math. And I've realized I can't do audiobooks because podcasts are like I say background noise, but that feels like then I'm doing a disservice to people who make these podcasts. I legitimately like them, and it's not that I'm not paying attention. It can just kind of sit there. But an audiobook requires more attention. Because you are listening to a constructed story. Yeah. Podcasts are, uh, freeform podcasts like ours, are not constructed. They are ad-lib. They're on the cuff. They're off, yeah. off the fly. And you don't need to pay um wrapped attention to get the general conversation or the 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 topics of conversation it's right. pretty much the same way it's like talking with people at a party you pick up what you need to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you have a thread that you're like i'm sorry you said what was that about killing the uh, the the president of uh, of of uh, i i don't Uruguay. know mozambique thank you i don't know i, don't I, I realized as soon as i said that i'm like what country are you going to say? Because it doesn't matter. It's going to sound racist. <laughs> but uh, you said France. This is true. I could have said France. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. Uh, so I, I think that's why podcasts are easier to listen to than audiobooks because audiobooks are a very they're a linear story that mm-hmm. you're paying attention to. Um, I can I do podcasts um, specifically interview podcasts when i'm working out i can also do story podcasts um and when i say story podcasts i mean like uh the like adventure zone or uh, something with kill every monster Mm -hmm. yep yeah working out is different too working out is different if i'm doing any form of weight training Mm -hmm. then i tend to like i like a lot of hip-hop when i'm weight training a lot of like pumping you up kind of thing Back when I used to jog, mm-hmm. I used to like to listen to real kind of like fast set my pace. Sure. But I found out that I would hurt myself because I get really mm-hmm. into a song and push and push and push and then like not pay attention when I'm jogging off like a whatever four inch curb and just, oh, and just land long and biff it. Oof. Um, yeah, no, like some of it's really embarrassing. Like the liking the song is not embarrassing, but um what it makes you do. I actually will catch myself singing the oath as they're singing it. The fucking, um, Oh my God. Uh, Kirby crackle, their green lantern song. Oh yeah. 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 That's a good song. Drop to, by the way. Hmm. Uh, so is, um, the trooper by iron maiden. Uh, that's a really good one. Um, yeah, I, I don't require things to pump me up while I am climbing a wall. I okay, yeah, I can imagine you wouldn't. Yeah, I'd it, probably still. I think it's wow. Here we go. Just peel it back. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Danny DeVito in fucking Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You unzipped me. <laughs> I'm unzipped. <laughs> oh, I'm unzipped. I hate you. Um, I just don't like being alone with my thoughts. I think I just don't because I one time I fucking did that floating thing where you float in salt water and pitch mm-hmm. black. Yep. I five minutes in. I Since, was like, give me out, give me out, give me out. 
Yeah, that that tracks with everything that I know about you from the past nearly 20 years. Yeah, and it's not because I'm <laughs> claustrophobic. No. It's like I talked about when I was in the hospital, I kind of thought laying in the MRI bed was kind of cool. It was mm-hmm. like I'm going to fucking come out of hypersleep on the Nostromo. That's tight. But it is, um, it's the, that, oh, I'm only in here with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's like there's a mini Rorschach inside me. Yep. You're in here with me. Um, I didn't get that when I did a float, but I think that's also because I, my bones are heavy in a very. What? I have. Okay. So. You're like a non bird? Yeah, like the opposite of a bird. Yeah, uh, I have learned over the years that uh, Hashitamis have one of our things is we are very have very dense bone structure, hmm. which also means we drown real oh. easy. We're oh. not floaters. Slash therapist told me I have really dense muscles. And I don't mm. know what that means. Good eating. Um, <laughs> That's what my therapist said too. That your denser your my muscles, muscles are, are dense. very dense. Yeah. My chiropractor was like, I don't know what to do with that information. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that's why I've never broken a bone. And I've tried. I have really tried. I've (laughs) done some incredibly dumb shit. (laughs) Maybe I haven't either because of the dense muscles. Like, they can't can't act if they can't hit the bone. Yep. I've never broken a bone, but I did splinter a bone in my foot uh, when I stubbed my toe once really hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I lost the toenail, too. Ouch. Yeah. yeah, it did grow back. I do not have a a, a, a nailless toe. People always get really grossed out when I say, "Uh, I lost a toenail." Everything's fine now. It it's because we are trained to respect or or, or have enjoy fingernails, and if it's gone, then it's just a sausage. Yeah. <laughs> See, and yeah. people have that reaction I, to it. But I also wonder if it's one of those things because oftentimes if you've lost your nails. It's the sign of something's gone wrong with you. There is so I that. wonder if like in our genetic reptile brain, they're like, and this is not a rip on anyone who has this, but I wonder if like our reptile subconscious goes unclean. Yeah. The same reason why it's that some people have that phobia of seeing holes. Like you can't see a lotus flower. Trypophobia? Yeah. Tryptophobia. Because when your skin gets a bad infection, it will carve a hole out to isolate whatever's in there. Yeah. Whatever you do, do not look up lamprey heels or lamprey foot. Lamp- okay. Ugh, no. Do it. Do it now. Yep. Okay. No, it's terrifying. Um, but anyway, that when I was in the tank, my head just kept bending back into the tank. Yeah. So my neck was at an angle the entire time that was incredibly <laughs> painful. And it didn't matter how, like, I tried to put pool noodles under my head and it was just, it was an uncomfortable um, situation the entire time, and I did not care for it. Did they try adding more Epsom salt? It's there's nobody there. There's no one to talk to. Oh, so you just you're just stuck with whatever the situation is once yeah. you get in. Yeah, and unless you go all the like, you go into your own dressing room, you disrobe entirely, you go into the next room, which is the tank and just the tank, and you get in and you just lay there. So you've got to redo all of those steps back and forth anytime that you need to go out and go, yeah, this isn't quite right. Mm. Yeah. So if I were to do it again, I would need a, a, a very strong floaty to be underneath my neck 
to keep it aligned properly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it, it yeah, I came out of there with a massive headache. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, nope, this was not the experience that this needed to be. And that doesn't sound like a, something that I want at all. No. Um, which prohibited me from being alone with my thoughts and being able to think about things, which is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I had a better opportunity to do that when I was on LSD. <laughs> LSD gave me that. Like, that's when I heard those other voices. It's like, oh, right. You're the guy that I keep in the back of my head for a fucking reason. Um, the yeah. Close- I- Go ahead. I was just going to interject. Uh, the closest thing I've ever had to sensory deprivation, like uh, in terms of like being alone with your thoughts too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in basic training, I got pneumonia and they put me in quarantine. I was I was in the hospital for three days, mm-hmm. just alone all day long. Uh, and oh, man, my mind went to some terrible places. Yep. I said things that I definitely regret. Why you were to yourself? You're just all messed up uh, from like medication and being and pneumonia can make you. I mean, I, I'm sure I obviously I felt poorly and I'd been sick for weeks before I'd finally been diagnosed. So obviously I didn't feel good and that's going to bring you down mentally or emotionally. Um, but I think it was just like the constant aloneness that you know I, I just spent way too much time with my thoughts and yeah, yeah. like it's like. I've never done like LSD or I've, I've had a little mushrooms when I was like in right out of high school, but I feel like they're different now. Like they're way, yeah, they're different. So I wouldn't mind doing it again, but with like, like a sober guide with me. Mm-hmm. This sounds weird, but it would kind of need to like interact with whatever talks to me sometimes. Um, this is going to make me sound extra crazy pants, but that was, <laughs> within those five minutes, I did that sensory deprivation tank. Mm-hmm. I distinctly, not in my head, like, around me i heard a voice that said well this was a bad idea for you <laughs> because now it's just you and me and i was like i want out <laughs> i want the fuck out yeah yeah um bring it all back to nerd shit that was one of my more favorite scenes in the ben affleck daredevil that he would sleep in a sensory deprivation tank because it was the only way he ever didn't oh, have stimuli okay. like hitting him. Right. I forgot about like, that. Like they did little things like that, that like how he folded all of his money different so he knew what it was. Mm-hmm. was that's pretty I've been good. told that's what blind people do. Mm-hmm. And that his body was riddled in scars. From, from being all the daredevil. accidents that you yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah. Look, there was a lot to that Daredevil movie that was awful, but it had its moments. Uh yeah, maybe maybe Ben Affleck is not uh, the greatest guy, but uh he he did care a lot about that character. He yeah. did. Well, and also because he felt like that was the closest he would ever get to play Batman, who's his favorite character. And, yep. now, and now look at him. I liked his Batman. He was in a shitty movie. Mm. Yeah, his multiple times. I loved his old, like, tired as fuck Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And I like the one thing I do like is that they finally got around the voice thing by just giving him a modulator. Oh, yeah. That, I was like, thank God. That was a good idea. Yeah. We can't all rest in peace. Talk like Kevin Conroy. So, no. you know. Uh, so yeah, this is all true. Uh, Denise and I are crazy, and Cable has thick bones, dense bones, dense, dense bones, dense bones. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had at least two male family members die from drowning on my dad's side of the family. What from the hospital? Because like, they couldn't swim, or just because they just y'all just sink? We sink. Do you know how to swim? 
I know how to swim. Okay. I but sink you, like you a, just can't stay buoyant. So, you know, it when you're in the pool and you're a little kid and you float. You're just kicking back. Yeah. I float like this with my head up out of the water. So your whole body goes under. Yeah, I am. I'm at an angle. And it's only that since your brain is almost all fat and water, your head. Yeah, that... but my head is also heavy. It is heavy as fuck. <laughs> as as indicated by the deprivation take story. Yeah. Right. No, I just. Yeah. So, so do we get you like pool wings, like for babies, if we ever go, you know, whatever our, our, our next pool trip is that what's called water wing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean. I mean, look, we do have a trip. To Seattle coming up, and maybe that hotel has a pool. Maybe it does. Doesn't mean I need to get in it. Like, I know how to swim. It's also one of the reasons why it's not one of my favorite leisure time activities. Right. It's like, meh. Do you like going out on boats, or are you always worried, like, man, one slip up is one less Hashitani in the world? I'm not really. No, I'm never worried about that. There's already far less, far fewer Hashitanis in the world. Um, and Durans breed like rabbits. So yeah, it's not it. It's not a, a big bloodline. Like I know that there are other Hashitanis, but there's not a it's lot of. They all drowned. <laughs> probably, which is funny because they uh, come from uh, coastal areas. Well, you know, it's <laughs> only dangerous if you go into it. Right. Right. Well, when I lived in Arizona, there was always access to a pool. Mm-hmm. I have not had access to a pool. <laughs> The entire time I've lived in the Northwest, which at this point now is like two thirds of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the environment isn't really like doesn't lend itself to pool and pool parties. No, if I had stayed in Eastern Oregon, the, mm-hmm. a pool would definitely be in my like I swam a lot as a kid mm-hmm. because it's fucking hot out there. So you have pools. I always feel bad. I had uh, Jen and I lived in an apartment for like three years together that mm-hmm. had a pool. That really other... great apartment that you always reminisce about. Yeah, uh, we never once used it. Never <laughs> used. I have uh, to fix that. There we go. Yeah. So hey, yeah. Look at that. We're all look at that line. We're like perfect. Fantastic. We're like the worst expert. We're like we're like second rate Doom Patrol here. <laughs> I mean. Like, yes, I have very dense bones. I also have a very high healing factor, so. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. I've got a very high pain threshold. Yep. And cold threshold. I don't like getting warm, but I'm that jackass when it's 30 degrees outside. I'm outside in shorts and t-shirts. Just my mom used to catch me barefoot outside in the winter. She's Oops. like, "What are you doing? Aren't you're gonna?" I was like, "It's fine." And my feet would—I'd be warm coming in, like la 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 la. Hmm. I don't. I don't think I have any mutant powers, guys. You do. What yeah. are they? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. we don't know yet. I mean, if you guys don't there. know by now, then they're probably not there. Mm. Latent. Yeah, something's got to bring them out. I don't know what. But... Mm. Mm. Some sort of crisis. Maybe I've had enough of those for one lifetime. Yeah, we've had a lot of those. Yeah, we let's, need more let's, of those. Let's just um, leave it. Um, this is a, a weird transition, <laughs> um, and I know we're hopefully we should be having guests soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I wanted to I wanted to talk about a thing. Uh, so I, oh, I need to get this name right. Or I'm going to be a complete shithead. Uh, Suzanne Hale uh, 
passed away last week. Suzanne Hale is known in the Portland community as the lovely Suzanne. She is the founder and operator of the Roxy. Oh, okay. Uh, she passed oh, away shit. last week. Oh, shit. Um, I know that, like, it is hard for me to talk to people about this only because I love you all. All y'all have not been in Portland <laughs> for a lot. Like, I have... So the uh, the lovely Suzanne used to uh, waitress at a place called Quality Pie, which was a staple when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would come to visit my dad during the summer, um, the first time, and then every time after that, we would go to the like every every visit we would go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where I was definitely too young to be going. Uh, <laughs> Definitely too young for my little sister to be going. Um, yep. Still went. Um, and then afterwards, my dad would take us to Quality Pie up mm-hmm. in Northwest 23rd uh, afterwards. And we would uh, have pie and my dad would drink coffee and we would marvel at the drag queens that would come in and take over booths. Like there would be like that sounds excellent. Like a, a dozen or more drag queens would just come in at around three a.m. and let homeless kids uh, sit and drinking coffee. And there was always some blue-haired waitress behind the the counter, which I'm pretty sure was Suzanne. Very um, possible. Yeah. So, uh, like quality pie is is burned into my like when people talk about old Portland. Um, they're usually referencing the the place that closed down after five years. Um, Quality Pie closed in 1992. Like I was going to this in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, Quality Pie was old Portland. Um, the Roxy is old Portland, and that is because Suzanne Hale was old Portland. Yeah. Um, there are like I I didn't know her personally. I knew who she was. Um. Uh, her daughter April was, I think, my first waitress crush when I <laughs> m- officially moved to Portland and was living in Northwest Portland. Mm-hmm. And every night would go to Quality Pie, sit there, drink coffee, write comic book ideas, um, you know, make googly eyes at at the waitress. It's like, oh, she's so cute. Um, uh, April was the general manager at the Roxy, mm-hmm. um, so like it was weird to kind of go. Like when I started going to the Roxy going, wait a minute, I know all of you. I Why do I know all of you? It's like, oh, because I've seen three of you at the Rocky Horror Picture Show because you're part of the cabaret. And April, I already know from like forever. Oh, someone forgot again. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I need to feed my sourdough. That's fine. Um, but anyway, uh, like... The things that I know that Suzanne did for the LGBTQ community and the homeless kid community in Portland is immeasurable. Right. Like there are kids who grew up in the the 80s and 90s that are alive and have careers and and are vibrant artists and still alive and making a difference in the world today because she gave them a break at some point. She made sure that they were safe. She always like 
she made a safe space before we had that term for folks. And uh, her passing is not insignificant. Yeah. Uh, the Roxy is definitely losing the Roxy was Roxy was I I've been going there since I mean the pandemic I didn't go anywhere but sure I started going in 1999 because yep. I moved here in September I became really good friends with our friend we call him Prime mm-hmm. and he's also like old Portland like he grew up in oh, Hillsboro yeah. but he's you know this is where he's been and like so he would introduce me to these places and we'd go out during downtown. Mm-hmm. And then I got into film production and we're all scumbags and need to eat at 3 a.m. And the mm-hmm. Roxy was always there. Yep. And then I got into radio, like that kind of thing. Uh, That's the original home of the Portland fucking Oregon shirt. Yeah. Was the Roxy. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the like, and there were always weird things like the Roxy. I, I just know from my personal experience, like, there were things that were weird touchstones, like the the people that ran the Roxy. Um, I always knew tangentially. There was a giant crucifix um, on the wall with a a, a neon halo yep. over Jesus. Mm-hmm. I've met that sculptor when I was working on a weird side project for this guy that wanted to make a puppet show. Uh, he was friends with the sculptor, and we were at his house one day, and. The first time I walked into the Roxy and saw that there, I'm like, wait, I already know that guy. This is weird. Does this happen to everybody? But like, there have always been those connections. Like I spent, I'm sure we crossed paths because I was at the Roxy from like 97 through 2000. I'm sure there were a lot of times every night. Events. Oh like yeah. We crossed paths like at the Roxy or Dante's yep. or. Fuck, uh, I worked at I worked at Panorama Boxes Brig. So every uh, Friday, Saturday night, that's where we had maybe late era Satyricon. Oh, definitely. Because it, it was all ages, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, Satyricon that was, the was whole all point ages. Of Satyricon is it was all ages. Yep. Um maybe Darcells. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I just so. spent a lot of time at Darcells. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Embers, I spent a lot of time at. Embers. I'm not that's not Darcells. Yeah. Sorry. Embers. Mm-hmm. Embers. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I spent a lot of time in Embers. Yep. Um, but they it, made some of the strongest and cheapest sea breezes you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was watching Angel, like because of Lorne, I went through a hardcore sea breeze. Right? Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, like these are the places that that, that touched people's lives and and were a part, very much part of the DNA of what Portland is. It's like when we lost a 24 hour church of Elvis, like Jen knew that person. Fuck yeah. And part of it is she, from all reports, she had a lot of demons to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, God, I would kind of forgotten that the Roxy was closing. Like maybe yeah. I'd blocked it kind of thing. Um, I, I, it was, once it was announced, it's like, I would love to pay my respects. I'm never, I'm not going to make it down there. I'm not going to do it because everyone did mm-hmm. like that place was wall-to-wall people from the day it was announced that they oh. were closing till the day they closed yeah um which is great but whew, to like to lose her is is a big loss it is a huge loss for this city um yeah. and those are the those are the kinds of people that i want to see more of in portland and those are the kind of movements that we need more of it like the there is a lot of talk this election year of 
Portland needs to do this. Portland needs to do that. Portland needs to do this. No, you don't. You need to be kind and you need to open your heart and you need to open your doors and make space for people. Yeah. That's what you need to do. If you want Portland to come back, that's it. Also making Portland slightly more affordable again. Yep. Like all the things that like made basically the country fall in love with Portland have all been priced out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause someone saw that there was money to be made and they tried to make it. Except they're not making it now. Nope. Which is hilarious. There's no, there is no money to be made. For nope. Um, that's why you can rent space in Lloyd center for like pennies on the dollar now. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I have thought about it. I was like, Okay, how much they charge per square foot? Could we pull off a podcasting studio that we then rent to other people and like that becomes a job? Yep. But yeah. Um that I think not the last time, but one of the last times. Oh geez, where did I like the Roxy was a staple during my clubbing days and the years I worked in clubs. Um, it was off and on during uh, a time period where like I was not happy with where I was in life. And then once I moved it into the gallery, it was off and on again. Yeah. Um, because it was right there. Cause then it's like, well now, now it's close. Now I can just go when I want to, it's always going to be there. It's always there. Um, but the, uh, Norm, you're not wrong. A lot of them did move to Texas. I'm still pissed at them about that. Why? Because it's cheap. Yeah, because you're. I I know. Sorry, like, I spent enough time in Texas. No offense, Norm, that I don't ever want to live there. Yeah, um, but the the LSD trip that I was talking about, <laughs> maybe parts of Austin. Yeah, so like I was with two other friends. We were all tripping at the same time, and but one of them was used to it, so they were our guide, and it was great. Yeah. We were doing everything fine, and then everyone fell asleep, and I'm like, I'm still awake. This is. This is probably ill-advised, but I'm going to leave the confines of the house. And I I did. And I went walking through the streets of Portland on LSD at four in the morning. That sounds like a terrible idea. And ended up at the Roxy and discovered that eating while you're on an LSD is somewhat difficult. Because depending on what your trip is like, I had a hard time distinguishing my mouth from the food I was eating. <laughs> so I was chewing, <laughs> right? It's funny because I've been told that food actually helps kind of slowly bring you down. Yeah. Like it, it didn't for me. I sat there trying <laughs> to eat this sandwich and potato salad and a drink at four in the morning <laughs> while watching the Christmas tree that was sitting on top of the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the dairy cooler out mm-hmm. there. Like it sit there. It, it was cute and it's little and it's lit up and man was it wiggling like it was wiggling and i'm like i know that that is not an automated that's not an ad ad dancing christmas tree nope it just all of the limbs were just moving like wriggly little fingers it was great i just sat there going no one suspects everyone knew i was high everyone knew i was high as fuck it was great we might have ran into each other at Mary's Club from time to time. Because even if you weren't like yeah. into strippers, like you just fucking went to Mary's Club if you were downtown. They were I... open latest. They had great servers that gave you like they suffered no fools. Cheap yeah. I was also drinks. I was also friends with Viva Las Vegas and Lucy Fur. Yeah. So I 
Yes, I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's still owned by the same family, I think. The yeah. daughters. Yep. Yeah. It um, is now in a new location. Yeah, which I haven't checked out. I want to. I haven't Maybe either. Jen it... and I might go on Christmas Eve. That's a that's a reasonable place to go. Marriage Club on Christmas Eve is actually very fun to go to. I've I more than once I have spent Christmas Eves at strip clubs. So yeah, no, they're go. they're kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and there's. I think one year there's I... less stripping. Like it ends up just being like people hanging out, and she's like, "Oh shit, I got to go on stage and shake these really quick." <laughs> I I made um, uh, chocolate mousse desserts and brought them to the strip club that I frequented it in my early twenties on Christmas Eve. I'm like, "You guys have to be here. Here, have treats." And they're like, "You are weird." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was given cookies from a stripper at Devil's Pub. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. She was like, it's Christmas season. And she would just like, she literally would bring out like her box of homemade cookies. What? Am I missing something? No, uh, I, I assume he's just laughing at what I posted in the yeah. chat. She's just, she's just enjoying us being oh, old men. Being old men. At this point. Start, <laughs> done... start talking about barbecue and World War One, World War II documentaries. If you like. uh, I yeah. will leave. I will leave. I have other <laughs> things I need to be doing as it is. Anyway, she brought her box of homemade cookies, <laughs> like put them on the stage. Mm-hmm. And everyone who tipped well enough after she grabbed the money, she'd come back with a cookie and like put it in your mouth. Whatever. It's fine. Sure. That's a, again, that's old Portland. That yeah. is, that is the spirit of what people wanted and what they're yeah. missing. And this might also sound dumb, but part of me kind of believes this. And on one level as an asthmatic, I'm really glad that smoking is banned <laughs> in bars, but uh-huh. also part of me, like, Portland's late night bar scene shifted when smoking had to go outside. Yeah, it did. There was nothing like fucking at, at being at my father's place at 1.30 in the morning <laughs> watching yep. like other food service industries get off work because my father's place was open. They opened till well, they uh, anyway, late. I feel like it's, there was a time that they were 24. I do too. Yeah. Cause I remember like they were big on like service industry folks would get like yeah, breakfast are. before bed. Yep. You know, mm. but I was like doing a lot of radio and production and it's one thirty in the morning and I'm working on scripts with other radio or short film folks. And like, you're watching like new bands form up with a bunch of, I love you bros. And you're watching bands break apart because there's a girlfriend that two of them want to stop. Yep. Um, along with just the grizzled old timers at that bar, mm-hmm. just pounding down like the shittiest, cheapest whiskey. And you didn't know, like, if they were violating any health food codes because the cigarette smoke masked everything. Yep. <laughs> everything. And even though that meant as soon as I got home, I had to throw my clothes in the wash and knew that I would wake up having used my inhaler all day the next day. And part of me kind of misses that. Yep. Even though it wrecked me every single yep. time. Um. Yeah there there has always only been a handful of twenty four hour places in all of Portland. Pancake House. Yeah, Hot Cake House. Hot Cake House. The Hot is that Cake the House. Place on Powell? Oh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is twenty four hours. Hot Cake House. Mm-hmm. Um, place where I drunkenly proclaimed that Art Bell killed his wife. <laughs> the first time. The first time. Um. 
then there there was the quality pie quality pie was like the standby until 1992 right um and it was a classic american diner like it teal chrome and white oh wow uh interiors um banquettes with the horse brass was never technically 24 hours, but back in the days when Don ran it, every once in a while he'd do like a Shaun of the Dead style lock-in. Sure. But then it became a club. Yep. Right. He, to, to kind of out. like skirt around yeah. OLCC rules. Yep. Because then it's a private party. Um, Like my father's place was, was that for a while. The, those were the places where that is where service people went. Like mm-hmm. everybody always needed some place to go after they were finally off work at mm-hmm. three in the morning. Yeah. And those were the magic places. Oh yeah. That was, that was the scene I, I was living amongst when I lived in Seattle mm-hmm. is uh, my neighborhood bar was the bar that all of the other people would go to after their shifts. And then they would like take me to other like speakeasies and uh, you know, like, the cool places that only industry kids know about. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like, no matter how close you were to like closing time, you could still count on Dante serving you a hot, greasy, but fresh slice of pie, mm-hmm. of pepperoni or cheese. By one thirty in the morning, your options were cheese or pepperoni. They weren't doing either. They weren't doing like a Supreme. That right. was done. Uh, back when the bars still had metal and they would light them on fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you'd watch Storm in the balls before she was just Storm Large. Oh, man. Watch her just wreck out of town people that had no idea what they were getting into. <laughs> so I got <laughs> my introduction to Storm was I don't know how this became less reminisce about it's Portland, fine. but like, you know, it's okay. Fun to do sometimes. Um, you know, it's that season, family, all, you know, whatever. It is. I, this is, I mean, truthfully, I am thankful to be living in Portland even through these troubling times. So, yeah. Well, um, I still love it here. Yeah. I mean, my car got broken into this morning and I'm like, yeah, yeah. not broken, broken. I, Boo. it had actually been left unlocked and I woke up and it was all open and ransacked. And I was like, well, part of this is honestly on me. Yep. You know, <laughs> and it could have been worse. Oh yeah. And on, honestly, that's something that would happen in any city. Yeah. Every yep. city. Yep. Um, but yeah, my introduction with Storm was after I was uh, I was hanging out at Dante's and someone had drugged my drink. Oh, that's not. Yeah. No. Oh, did she take care of you? Yeah, she did. She's got a strong mama bear vibe. Um, yeah. Because I was sitting at the bar, I felt you guys weird. Are roughly the same age. She's maybe a year older than you. Maybe. She's fifty one, fifty two. No. I am fifty one. So when you guys are about the same age. Yeah. I think. I, I think she's like she's either seventy or seventy one. In birth year, not birth year, not age. Um, no, I was like, I was sitting at the bar. I had met an acquaintance there. We had beers. Um, I had very little to eat that day, so it could have also been that. But oh, yeah, that gets me every time, except it hit me in a way where it's like, like I had one beer, I had a beer, and especially back in the day, the crew at Dante's always meant well uh-huh. they were also half partying they weren't paying mm-hmm. attention as much as they do now yep so the the person that i was hanging out with left and so i was sitting at the bar because i wanted to hang out a little more at dante's um i think it was a sunday so there was inferno so of mm-hmm. course there were going to be go-go dancers it's like of course i want to stick around for that go ahead 
I'm going to ask something to Bean after you finish. Um, uh, but Storm was working behind the bar. Like, I didn't know who she was. She was just, it's like, bartender's hot. Um, <laughs> so I was sitting at the bar and nursing this beer. And then I'm like, I feel weird. And the next thing I remember is someone helping me up off of the floor. Hmm. Because apparently I had turned, fallen to the ground, thrown up. And then fell on my back. Yeesh. Yow. Yep. Then they set me back up at the bar and then she was on me the rest of the like, nope, sit there, drink this, you're fine. I'm gonna take care of you. Like, didn't let me out of her sight until I was able to walk out on my own. Mm. So like that, it's like once she started becoming storm large in the balls, it's like, oh, that was that bartender that okay, no, you're fine for life. Done. <laughs> Absolutely done. I already know the character of who you are as a person. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first time I met her was like at a one of the first. Do you remember Jen Lane's Barfly? Yes, I do. It was one of her very first Barfly Christmas parties. Oh, Back God. When it was just Sabala's Mount Tabor. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was a. That was a rough bar back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. In fact, that's where the, you know, the Hawthorne Triangle really earned its thing. I mean, Bog was there. Space Room, Space Room was there. Space Room, Bog, and Sabalas. Sabalas. Yep. Um, God damn it. And so that was that was before my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't realize that she was a, I didn't know anything about her. I met her through Clyde Lewis. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting at this one table. Like I've got kind of like I had VIP tickets because the station was a sponsor of Jen sure. Lane's Barfly shit. And this, like, very attractive woman, like, in just, like, like, shitty but comfortable sweats, sits down next to me and, you know, and she's like, hey, I'm Storm. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Aaron. And Clyde's like, oh, Storm's a friend of mine. Storm, Aaron's a big Star Trek nerd, too. And she went, what? <laughs> and we nerd out about Star Trek for, like, half an hour. And then she's like, well, I got to go. I got to go to work. I'm like, oh, it's really cool to meet you. Maybe I'll see you sometime. And she went, you will. <laughs> another half Baller. hour goes by and like out she comes like in like storm mode right you know and i'm just like because oh. now i'm entranced also and i look at clyde and he's like yeah that's who you're talking to and i'm like <laughs> i actually told him thank you for not telling me that otherwise i would not i've been in like oh yeah star trek's cool yep <laughs> <laughs> But ever since then, like that was that became our like rapport. Yeah, you know. Um, what I was going to ask though, Bean, have you ever gone to a Sinferno? No. When would I have gone? I feel like we need. It still happens. You're my party friend. I feel like maybe before this year is out, we should go to a Sinferno night. Okay. Before yeah, the I, end of this I've year, I've missed yeah. out on all that, of these things. It, it's always for me. It's like this is the crush of when more people go out. You think so? On Sundays? You still think? It's the end of the year. So you're dealing with family that you don't want to deal with. You're dealing with family you do want to deal with. You just want to get the fuck away from the family that you already have. Yeah. More people go out to drink. It, mm. It's the ramp up to New Year's Eve. So yeah. the, all of these things get busier and busier and busier. You know, I think maybe like a second I Sunday in December. for both sure, of those. Sure, sure. Yeah. Lift, you know, get a, get a ride share down there or whatever. Make Christian drive, annoy him. No, I'm just going to lift. No, I'm just kidding. He can't stay up that late anyway. That's true. Yeah, because it does start late. I would have to nap that day. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, we might I mean, run into Boba Fett Chris. Chris Vossler is often there on Sinferno okay. Night. And he's friends with some of the performers. Yeah, I don't... This used to happen. I, I think we finally hit a period where when I would walk uh, home from Guardian uh, on Fridays and Saturday nights late, um, it, at least I always knew one or two of the uh, bouncers that worked there. Mm-hmm. It was always I'd walk by and they'd be, hey... <laughs> It's like, oh, I've actually worked with you at other clubs. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a small kind of like grouping of bouncers that would kind of move from club to club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's ever places in Old Town I used to free. Well, Satyricon. Yep. Um, Satyricon. Um, and then the original Hung Farlow. Oh, man. It was like walking into a fucking John Woo movie. Yeah, it was. And the stiffest drinks, stiffest drinks in town. Yes, they were. That bartender that sound like. Oh. So imagine like Egg Shen's voice in Big Trouble Little China, but like if he chewed gravel. Like that's what this dude sounded like. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, Hung Far Low was amazing. Mm-hmm. And now that I think about it, most of like my going out to party times that i had in portland were from before i even moved here when i would come down for fun employment events and then yeah. you know it's an all-nighter at chopsticks oh yeah or b-side sometimes mm-hmm. yep. chopsticks gone yep no he well one of them is what was the one the one on burnside is gone yeah he reopened one on sandy that's they, true they he bought did. that building where mm-hmm. on sandy uh it's um before before 39th yeah, if you're going, if you're going to east, uh, eastbound, yeah, it'll be on the right hand side. Yeah, it's between twentieth and thirty. How close is it to the ambassador? Oh, it's <laughs> at least three quarters of a mile. The ambassador's what Sandy and forty mm-hmm. eighth uh, uh, or something. Forty second. Yeah, because it's, it's very close the to the killer past burger. Forty second. No, no. Uh, yeah, chopsticks is. Yeah. Yeah. I drive up and down Sandy every day from yeah. my house to Hollywood. How did I not know this? How, how can be? How can be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the things I've seen in a chopsticks bathroom <laughs> that I legally will not say a damn thing about it. Sure. But I know to be 100% true because I was there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. This is just becoming old reminiscing of Portland. But again, two old guys remember when. And their tolerant young friend. Well, there were things you used to there had <laughs> Very stuff, tolerant. Right? What's it, that? There had to have been things you would do here, right? No, we always just got drunk at your house. Yeah. I mean, let, well, is it, here's the thing, too. Is it like, even when I was the young people, I've never really been a let's go out on Friday and Saturday night. I'm a... I'm going to go to the bar Sunday through Thursday kind of gal. Well, that was me sure. too. I don't remember really going out on weekends. Because again, like even back That's in the when day, everybody's there. it was the bridge and tunnel crowd. It was Gresham and, Pil- and Pillsbury. That feels like some sort of like subconscious thing that just happens. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I, love I that. live in Pillsbury, Oregon. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Why is there not a Pillsbury, Oregon? That There's got to be a Pillsbury something. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure on the East Coast. Pillsbury, the brand, seems like it originated yeah. on the East End. But yeah, no, well, part of it is because 
especially back then, with very few exceptions, all of my friends worked some form of customer service, mm-hmm. restaurant, bar, retail. So we didn't have weekends, but we would always like we could all hook up on like a Thursday or a Tuesday when you were getting just like grizzled old regulars and shit. Let's see. Um, when I first started clubbing, uh, when I was like 21, 22, it was, I was working, I was working at Lloyd's Center in a fast food kitchen. So which one? Uh, Edo Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Vastly superior to, uh, Panda. Of course it was. Yeah. It's from Canada. Is that it? Yeah. And to this day, I'm still convinced that Cajun Grill and um, Panda share the same fucking food. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I was wrong, by the way. Uh, Pillsbury was founded by someone by that name, but uh, it, they were from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Well, important information. Upper Midwest. That seems like Pillsbury country. Yeah. Um... Lots of dope. <laughs> I um but yeah like i i would hit the clubs on fridays and saturdays um and then in my late 20s when i was married um my wife was the one that or my ex-wife was the one that always wanted to go out every weekend Mm -hmm. so we went to the club on fridays nights and saturday nights but i was working a banking job at that point so i was like I was Monday through Friday, banker's hours. Yeah. Right. And when I first moved to Portland, that was my schedule, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Mm-hmm. So it really didn't leave a lot of opportunity for for going out late on the weeknights. And like I said, I'm like, I'm not going to go to any bar on a Friday night. Yeah. And I wasn't a clubber. I went to bars. Yeah. That, that was me. Uh, um, I went to clubs. Yeah. Um, no, I would go to... It's so funny that I don't really like going to a lot of like live bands anymore. Probably because I'm getting older and my hearing sucks. Mm-hmm. And if I forget earplugs, that I don't have any fun at all. Mm. But you know, also at that age, like half your friends were like in a band or were dating someone in a band. Yep. And it's like, I'll get you tickets, get you in for free. Well, sweet. Yeah, you guys I saved me that five dollar cover charge for Ash Street. I went to a <laughs> oh man, I went to a lot of live shows in my in my twenties. Mm-hmm. And in my in my early thirties, uh, yeah, to the degree of like, I will still have conversations with Merrick to this day where she will bring up uh, a band. It's like, oh yeah, they were really good live, and she's like, "The fuck did you see them live?" I'm like, eighteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh okay, fine. It's like I just I for I have forgotten more shows that I have been to than I remember i would bet that you have forgotten more shows than i've been to same because i'm square you know what it is is because i'm codependent and if i don't have someone who wants to go to certain things then i guess i just don't go to those things yeah i the the year that i spent living in beaverton Mm -hmm. i became very very proactive about just doing things on my own and that was when i did the most stuff where like I worked a Monday through Friday job right? and I had my weekends free, but I also went out every fucking day Mm. because I, it, once I went, well, it's time to go home. That meant I was in Beaverton and I was mass transit. So I would schedule my day in such a way that I would be able to take the last, very last train out to Katama station 
mm. in Beaverton. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like an hour. Yeah. Max ride. My year in Beaverton, I was the Millican stop. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. It's way it was, the hell out there. It would have been the first stop that was at an apartment complex because we lived at the Millican Crossing. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing, too, is like the the few times where I've like really been like super alone in life. I'm also really broke, so I couldn't have done stuff I wanted to do anyway. Yeah, I, I was, too. It's where I started developing different philosophies about things. Where it's like, if I were a millionaire, I'd do this. It's like, I'm not. So how do I afford to do that now? Oh, I do this. Oh, I do this. And Oh, I do this. Literally, I think the era where Clayball was hitting clubs and I was hitting bars, you could get a healthy buzz for 20 bucks and you're still tipping on like every beer or every shot of whiskey. Yeah. Mm. Like this was this was back when like you had buck fifty tall boys and like two dollar well shots and they were pouring them like deep. Mm. Yeah, like you could go to a club and spend thirty dollars and that part of that was your door fee. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I can't and even that picture probably, that. That might have even got you a meal. Yep. Um I mean I would I would get out pretty cheap uh at my my home base bar in, in Seattle, but it's because I was a regular. Mm-hmm. They were pouring my drink before I'd even taken a seat. <laughs> um, that was me at the I rat. Do, I do miss that life. Yep. <laughs> my liver Thistle. probably no. doesn't. Yep, the folks at the Rose and Thistle knew when we got off work, even when it was holidays. In fact, when it was holidays, our drinks were waiting for us. Mm. Nice. Um, and they always knew we wanted two drinks when we first showed up. Uh, the third person, no, but uh, Prime and I, it was always the same thing. We'd each have a pint of Guinness and dirty martini. And we'd sit down at our... T- and like she would tell people, like, this table has a reservation for like 1130 tonight. <laughs> so we would walk in and she would like, gentlemen. Yep. <laughs> nice. And we'd close, the, we'd close the rat out so many times. Yeah. Woo. A lot of sleeping in cars back then. <laughs> well, that was the best thing too. Like I closed the bar four or five nights a week and then I just had to get across the street again. That's true. So that's where I coined the term stumbling distance. Yep. Yep. Do you remember the Dry County Crooks? The Dry County Crooks? Yeah, it was a band. Yes, I do. I don't know that I ever saw them, but I do know that name. Yeah, I mean, they started in 2001, so they're a little bit late. Well, that's 21 years ago. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Uh, I don't know why they just popped up, so I typed them in like, was that a real thing? Am I... And then I'm one of their first albums was live at the Tabor Theater, and I was like, yep, I was at that nice. show. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... There were other, there have been other bands that have come and gone that are, are like, there's Stab, Stab, Stabity, Stab, <laughs> um, which I don't think I ever saw. I've just seen posters for them. And I first heard about them because when I was working uh, for a chocolatier company, um, one of the master chocolatier. <laughs> Go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. But, but we're coming back to that. Wait, you yep. were a chocolatier for a while? I was not. I was the shipping department manager. Oh, um, okay. That's less weird. It's still weird. It's a little weird. Um. Anyway, one of the master chocolatiers, it, we were talking about bands. He's like, yeah, I've, there's this band I've heard about, but I want to see it. And they're called Stab, Stab, Stabity, Stab. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is not a real name. It's like, it, it really is. It's Stab, Stab, Stabity, Stab. And then I saw a poster and it 
said so and so, so and so, and open uh, opening for stab, stab, stabity, stab. I'm like son of a bitchy, and you're right. <laughs> um, is this is Portland where uh, Pete Krebs and the Kung Pao Chicken started? I think so. That was that was a, yeah yeah with that one. Wait, Pete Krebs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's still around. There's also like Dick Cheese got to start here. Uh, yes, he uh, did. I don't know about now, but at least a couple of years ago, he was around. I've met that guy. Okay, yeah, Richard yeah, Krebs, Richard, Richard Cheese. Yeah, Richard Cheese. Um, that place is now a. What is the name of that place? You're confusing Richard Cheese with. Um, no, Richard Cheese is not from Portland. You're thinking of Tony Starlight. I am thinking of Tony Starlight. Yeah, very similar ass. Yep, but yep. Tony Starlight is more. Kind of groovy lounge act, ramped up. Richard Cheese is like if Weird Al was a kind of slimy lounge act, mm, like gotcha. intentionally, not yep. like he was a creep. But, um, yeah. Hmm. And they apparently did not get along, or at least Tony Starlight was on it because this show recorded three live episodes from the second incarnation of Tony Starlight's, where he thought it would be uh, a good yes. idea. To have Scott and I on his stage on like a Wednesday night doing a movie review show. Oh, right. Um, yeah. It was not a good idea. <laughs> I knew it was not going to be a good idea. I think deep down Scott knew it too. We were like, look, if we can. We're going to try it anyway. And you know what? We're going to get comp drinks and dinner every Wednesday night. And we did. We showed up in suits. Oh, you did it up nice. We yep. did. We treated it like we were wanting to do a mix of like Rat Pack and like at the movies with Siskel and Ebert. Um <laughs> That, that crowd was not ready for that. We were we were much like, you know. You were ahead of your time. That's right. We were the uh, we were the we were the soap of early two thousands <laughs> podcasting. I you never remember soap? Oh uh, no, you are way no. too young. Yeah. I'm too young for soap. I saw it yes. reruns. Yep. It was a parody. It was a primetime parody of. Soap operas. soap operas. Oh, okay. Starring Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. A very wow. young, very wow. unknown Billy uh, Crystal. And also, God, I want to say the guy who, uh, Benson. Yep, Robert Guillaume. Robert Guillaume. Yep. I think he is Benson in it. He is. He's st- he is Benson and he is a butler in that. And that character goes on to become yep. the um, chief of staff for the California governor. And that's when the show just became Benson. Benson. Yep. Yeah. So it was the same character. That show also had Star Trek alumni Rene Aubergenois and uh, Ethan Benson, Phillips. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. That that's how I knew both of them when mm-hmm. they started showing up on Star Trek. And I'm like, wait, that's that Weasley guy from Benson. He's chief of security. This is weird. <laughs> how come his name isn't coming up here? Who? Rene Aubergenois. In Benson? No. Oh, in Benson. In I'm Benson. sorry, I, lo- I lost. Robert the Guillaume was the. I also remember Benson. Our soap was a big deal because I think Billy Crystal was the first openly gay character. He on TV. was. He was. That's correct. And he used a dummy. He was a ventriloquist. That was his act. Yeah, and the dummy was. Um... Ah, I can't remember now. Doesn't matter. Oh I yeah, forget. Richard Mulligan was in it. Yeah, I think he was one of the main leads. Yeah, he see, was. Renee Eversonwell. Yep, he's right there. And then Ethan Phillips should be in that lineup. Richard too. Mulligan is who you got if you couldn't afford um, Leslie Nielsen. 
Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> I always, when I was a kid, I always confused them. Like, constantly. My God, they were just a couple of old dorks. It's like, nah, 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 nah. So the- Jerry Seinfeld was in that? How old was he at the time? Probably Wait. a child. In soap or Benson? Benson. I don't know, Seinfeld's, he's like 65. Yeah. So he'd have been in his late 20s, yep. early 30s. I mean, huh? this is... It's funny. Like I know that we're unintentionally reminiscing about things, but this is this is one of those things where, when Aaron and I say we know where the bodies are buried, we know where the bodies are buried. <laughs> We've actually done these things. We we were either witness to or directly or indirectly involved in things that happened in this town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's weird to watch things happen and it's like oh yeah it's like this is the first time anyone's done anything like this it's like you're adorable <laughs> i'm i'm not gonna burst your bubble today yeah but that you're not wrong i mean you're you're wrong yeah. you're completely wrong uh i remember when a local radio dj got married and they had a batman and catwoman themed wedding and like the willamette wrote about how like it's portland's first like nerd wedding ever blah 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 and I think at the time, like, I feel at the time, like, Emerson read that on the air and he's like, well, this isn't right at all. He's like, I was at a wedding five years ago and it was pretty freaking nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he even wrote a song about our wedding. Did he? Yeah, Geek Like Me. That's very nice. Yeah. There you go. I smell something. Someone brought food in. At least within the vicinity. Oh, yeah, probably. Mm, Someone's had something delivered. Reminds me how hungry I am. Yep. <laughs> Regardless of the fact that it was like, please don't eat food at, at Guardian anymore. It's, oh, really? It still happens. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It, it would like it was a rule. It's like, yeah, we don't want people eating here. I'm like, good luck with that. Right. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Have... That's a good, yeah, that's that's a hard genie to put back in the bottle. I. Yep. Hey, this is a good time to take a break. And this is the part where we talk about our sponsors. First up, of course, we have Revnat of Reverend Nat's Hard Cider. I just saw that he just released his annual, this time of year, limited run of Providence. Uh, it is probably one of the strongest ciders he makes. It is based on a very traditional 1600s era New England recipe. It has a bunch of flavors going on. I've actually seen him kind of fermented throughout the year and he's always adding ingredients as it slowly ferments so there's layers and layers of flavor and it is fantastic and you can get it at shop.revnatshardcider.com and maybe in the comments if you place an order say hey i heard you on geek in the city radio just like our next sponsor of course guardian games for three three four five southeast taylor street in portland oregon uh, all weekend are there Black Friday deals. I do believe it's 10% off or maybe 20% off all miniatures and miniature-based games. So, you know, as you're kind of tucking in for the cold months and you want something to do while you're indoors, why not pick up the incredibly nerdy hobby of painting miniatures, whether for setting up your own scenes and dioramas like a certain uh, geek in a city used to do back in the day, or if it's because, you know, you want to play the games and you want them to look more than just primer gray. All of that is cool. Also, this weekend is all their normal events. 
Uh, it's a Saturday magic booster with the Brothers War that I'm pretty jazzed about. And I do believe this Sunday kicks off open board game night, which I am really jazzed about and hoping I can check out sometime uh, within the following weeks. And as always, when you're there, give them a huge thanks for being our longest and greatest sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. And we're back. And we probably only have like 10 minutes left. Probably. <laughs> well, we've got 20. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. It's fine. Um, we'll let it come to its natural conclusion. <laughs> like just slowly fizzle yeah. out and be like, I don't know what to talk about anymore. Yeah. Well, okay, good night. We'll just we'll just sit there and <laughs> stare at each other. What if we do a Sopranos? I have. I I don't know how that ended. I didn't watch it. I never finished watching it, but uh, do you care if I say how? I don't care at all. It's not a it's not a show that I've ever been interested in watching. He's not, the, he's not like Wang. Right, the fi- Wong. <laughs> Wong. Mm-hmm. The final scene, uh, the the lead guy is doing like a monologue essentially, and then it just cuts off, no, it's not. like cut to black mid sentence. He's not doing a monologue, isn't it? Like a long. It's a long, like single shot. It's mm-hmm. Tony Soprano's going back to this restaurant he and his family went to at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. And like, he's like, he runs the Jersey side now, but he's made a lot of enemies. And it's really set up. You see him looking around and, you know, family members begin to show up, but he's happy. But you see people that are obviously about to whack him. Like the way they're watching the restaurant and he knows something's up. Because mm-hmm. like in season one, he mentions you never hear the one that gets you your life just goes to black and don't stop believing from journey begins to play. And he loves that song Mm. and he's sitting there with the family and he's looking at his family, the cameras on him and he's smiling because he's kind of legitimately happy and he goes, don't stop. And it goes to black and it goes, and it goes like 30 seconds before it rolls into credits. What really happened? Like the writer is finally like he died. He was killed. Like, how how do you think, how do you think that ends for anyone that works in the mob? I feel uh, like maybe those people weren't paying very much attention throughout the course of the show. Right. I feel like that happens with a lot of shows. A lot of stuff uh, about people who do crime. Cause they're like, Oh yeah, it's great. And like they ruined people's lives. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. It's like, yeah, but they got money. Mm, okay. You and I have different priorities. Um, sorry. They, Real- they did. Yeah. Uh, Depending on your neighborhood, sometimes the mafia kept the peace better than the cops. Yup. And if, like, you were family was someone was killed or ended in a crossfire of a mob hit, they would like try to make it right, mm-hmm. make sure that like you don't have to ever work again. Unlike the cops, right? Uh, anyway. Let's not go down. Let's that not road. go we down. Have, we that. had no. such a I'm good not time. saying that the mob are better enforcers of keeping the public safe, but you know, whatever. What, what we are saying is, don't believe everything you see on TV. But they are. It is made up. Like, they're all also horrible people. Yeah, like it's it's awful. Um, Bex, um, I didn't grow up in Portland, but I have been coming to Portland since I was eight years old. So I have a lot of um, burned into my memory memories of this city um, from that age forward. Uh, Even though I would only spend like a month out of every summer, 
up in this area. It, it was still very formative. It's why I have uh, a love affair with this city. Like I saw Portland when I was for the first time at eight and went, oh, I'm going to move here. That was me in Seattle. I went there for the first time when I was nine and I was like, this is awesome. Life goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but that's why I remember things that that aren't here anymore that weren't here when other people started moving here. It's like, mm-hmm. what, we don't know what that is. It's like, yeah, like trying to talk about the Big Bang. It's like, oh, you mean you mean the TV show? It's like, no, that the the resale yes. clothing shop, the Big mm-hmm. Bang. It was the fucking store in this city. Huh. I loved the Big Bang. That would have been before me then, I guess. Yep. I've it, never even heard people talk about it. It was in a building that was located. It's now, um, I think, Director Park uh, behind um, Nordstrom's. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, that Like cool. that building was demolished long ago. Like I, re- I went to concerts at the Fox Theater that is now the Fox Tower. Yep. I it saw Crowded House there. I've seen Sinead O'Connor there. Yeah. Yeah. That like that was the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the time I had a when... brick from it when they demolished it for nice. a while. <laughs> Remember when it wasn't actually safe to walk down to Vision at night? Yes, like you had to go in a pack. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Division was rough. Hmm. Hawthorne now was, was now it's all cute. Yeah, and Hawthorne literally was like hippies, like what. What out of state people call Hawthorne, like, oh, it's so like hippie shops. Like, it's not. There's she's closing, but there's a show, there's a store there called Amelda's. Mm-hmm. And like, I love Anton and Deb. PDX Asylum is not like we're quote hippies shop. But the late 90s, all the way into like 2006, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like everything, like even the jokes of like smelling patchouli all the time. I lived on Hawthorne during that era. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, like. There was the Baghdad. Yep. There was the Fred Meyer, but it was pre, way pre-remodel. Oh yeah, and that Fred Meyer was rough. Was there an A and W? There was a there was one fast food burger joint that got torn down like in the early two thousands. Was it a Burger King or an A and W? Is it? It got torn down. You said yeah. Okay, because there's also gone. that taco place. No, this was like a national chain. Okay. fast food joint. I, I think it was an A&W. I think it was an A&W, think. yeah. Um, oh, Salt Miner Gaming says it was an Arby's. Oh! That, that, okay. Imelda's is still there, though, right? She's I've been uh, there. She's closing. Aww. Finally. She's, she's yep. retiring. Like she announced um, it a couple days ago. But, like... Uh, yeah, I've, I've been driving up and down Hawthorne lately because that's where the bank for Guardian is and I do deposits. Um, and it's like, I, it's weird. Like the house that I used to, when I, again, when I was married, the house that my ex-wife and I lived on there that was split into four apartments, totally demolished. And now a, I think at least a four-story uh, condo building. It's like, great. It's a better use of the space, but yeah. it's oh, weird. They took mm-hmm. down the hostel, that big hostel across from Claudia's. The sports bar. Oh yeah, I guess that's been in the place for a while. Though. Oh god, that's what that hole is. Yeah, I've been racking my brain. Jesus, had Portland's first living roof. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
the hostel yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, um and then what, Cup really and Saucer has been renamed. What the hell is up with that? I you know what? I was never a big fan of them. I don't get it. Really? Cup yeah. and saucer? No, I don't understand. Huh. Just like uh was it old wives' tale that used to be on Burnside? Yeah. I don't I never got that either. Yeah, I never did either. Everyone's like, oh, but they're Hungarian mushroom soup. I'm like, that's not that, that was good. not that great. Not that come on. Cup and saucer, I was I, I enjoyed, but that might have been the company. Like Stuart and I did a lot of uh meetings at Cup and Saucer. That helps a lot. But this is the most navel gazing episode of the show. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and let's it's keep the, it up. I'm just here. Yeah. What is the scare? Hmm. Oh, do it. Do it. For me, mm-hmm. the scariest restaurant slash fast food is the Burger King that used to be on Burnside and Broadway. Yeah. That place, your ass would get shivved in your car in the drive-thru. That was the sketchiest motherfucking Burger King Towards in this the end, entire being, city. That Burger King had steel doors that they had to buzz you in to enter the fucking restaurant. Wow. Yeah, it was it was rough. It was rough. That's like, no... that sounds like some big city shit. Oh, yeah. Oh. It, there's a dental office there now. There's a whole building there now. On yeah. Burnside and what? It's Burnside and Broadway. Burnside right? and Broadway. Mm-hmm. Right on the corner of Burnside and Broadway. Saltminer. I don't know who the Saltminer is, but they're spot on. You could buy anything at that Burger yeah, King. They but are absolutely correct. You could fucking get an original chicken sandwich, um, some crack. Yep. Um, buy some company for an hour. TikTok is still open, Norm. Uh, yep. Oh yeah, the TikTok's not going anywhere. You spell it, there's no K in TikTok. No, there isn't. In it's the TikTok. Yep. <laughs> yes, Norm, it's still open, and it's still 24 hour. TikTok is still there. You go. There's two, right? There's one 82nd, and there's yes. one not on 82nd. Yeah, I don't know where I don't remember where the other one is, mm-hmm. but it's like it's weirdly close to it. Yes. Oh like, no, I'm thinking of Pock Pock because isn't it on Division? But it's like a little tiny one. No. Yeah, Pock Pock is. Yeah, that's no. definitely. And I think Pock Pock is also gone. Yes, he yeah. he decided he couldn't keep. He couldn't safely pay every. He didn't want his people going back to work, so he basically gave them all like a severance and shut the restaurant down. Right. I mean, they were packed tight there. 104th and Division was where the other TikTok was, which is weirdly close to the other one that's on 82nd. Yeah, it's like 82nd and Powell, so it's not that far away. Yeah, no, it's weird. Uh, I don't know, Beanie, we ever taken you to TikTok? Nope. TikTok is really great at 1 a.m. You guys used to talk about it all the time, and you never took me. All right, we got to figure all this out. TikTok's one of those restaurants that has like a 12-page menu. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, you can literally be like, all right, I want this great Western burger with a side of fucking pork chow mein, um, pancakes, uh, and a Bloody Mary. They're like, all right, sugar. (laughs) And it's all going to be decent. If you're there at 1 a.m., it's going to be exactly what you wanted it to be. It's going to be very much like the experience we had on Friday. Yes. Oh shit! How was that? I yeah, I just realized oh my God. we should have talked <laughs> about that. Wrap up the show by you guys talking about oh Judas Priest. Oh so, my God. Um, witch hunts. Uh, the the thing that we went to was called the holiday dinner. Um, it happens at a house. I I don't. Uh, so I'm not going to spoil it because I don't know whether or not they're going to do this again. Okay. Um, that. This run for this show is over because they did six shows, uh, three one week and three the following week. Mm-hmm. Um, the audiences were no more than uh, it was what 16, 18 people. 
not that many. A dozen. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Because there was the four of us. There was another four. That's eight. There's, uh, yeah, there were eight people, including us, when we arrived. Yeah. But like twelve. Another I another think, six came in, I suppose. Yeah, I think it was just under sixteen. Okay. Um, the the um the episode was that or the essentially the play was set at a dinner table. It was a dinner party of four friends. Um, two of them coming to the house of. The other two. Hosting. The other two. Yep. Right. Um, the two hosting would interact with the audience and acknowledge our presence that we were there and part of this dinner. The people visiting did not see us and we weren't there for them. Oh, okay. so interesting. Yeah. It, it the, the premise of it was um, three friends. The third friend coming to the house is bringing a new suitor for approval mm-hmm. type of thing. And that was what the hosts were then going. We're also going to stop and ask you your input on this guy because we don't think we're going to like him, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we, we gave um, we gave our feedback and encouraged to do that. And then we were encouraged to participate a little bit, too. Um the the performers were the the two that uh, um, I'm gonna forget. It, Taylor's the only one that we've talked to with any regularity. I know, but it was uh, it was uh, Taylor was the visitor, the the visiting friend. Okay. Um, the hosting couple were the the other person that we met at uh, Ghost of July or whatever. Yeah, go, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the super Goes short hair. Yep. And then uh, the third member of Witch Hunt, which we hadn't met before. Because um, there were three members. And then the fourth member, or the fourth person, was the dude that was at the table. Right. The that had just joined the theater troupe. So it was, sure. the, it was the core group of four. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it was... They did some things They they basically we watched a dinner party happen and it was incredibly awkward at port points. Oh, yeah. I, I was uncomfortable with some of the. Uh, some of the scenes, I guess you would call them. Mm-hmm. And that was the point, right? Like it's it's a very realistic fly on the wall kind of experience. Yeah. Which felt like it was also supposed to be part of the horror of like, oh, Oh, we're going to watch people be awful to one another. That's, I I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Wow. Yeah. Like, I was fine. I, I was kind of giggling internally. But other, when we were talking about it afterwards, it's like, oh, yeah, that was awful. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Nice. So, um, and then things go horribly, horribly wrong. All the lights go off at one point. <laughs> it was great. Um, How was someone goes down into the basement. So the dinner was not actually a dinner. Oh. We we had some lovely hors d'oeuvres. Um, yeah, there's a cocktail hour uh, before the performance starts. 
So we, they served us wine or an old fashioned, or they had non-alcoholic drinks as well. I went for the old fashioned. I think everybody. Oh yes. Except for Christian. Yeah, uh, didn't. Right. Sounds so good right now. It they was really decent. good. They were uh, festively themed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had very good hors d'oeuvres. There's something that uh, there the the caterer that made them used something called a uh, a dessert hot sauce. Okay. That so it was, was all fruity and spicy. Ooh. Yeah, it was very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that uh, the play itself was great. Uh, every, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, definitely yet another one of those things where it ends and they're like, you can go now. Oh, okay. We're just supposed to leave. Got it. There is no post show lingering. <laughs> which, yes. if you know, which was the case for. Uh, Death race as yep. well. There's no, there's no after the show. Right. It's you, just you just go away. Go, go, so we can get out of character. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yep, that's cool. Well, hopefully, I will someday be able to attend one of their events. I'm sure I will. It, it, I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most was during the cocktail hour, we got to talk to other people there. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy just started. I was like. I'm going to break the ice and start talking. We've never been to this. We know nothing about this. What should we expect? It's like, oh, oh, honey. <laughs> um, but yeah, that like uh, we met a couple that had been to the vampire um, play oh, okay. that they did. I'm nice. like, like you mean the vampire play where someone rose up out of an over open grave covered in blood? And they're like, yes, that one. That was amazing. Awesome. Um, yep. Uh, so yeah, that, it was a lot of fun. I look forward to seeing what they do next yet again. But we went to a uh, a local diner afterwards. It's like we need we need real food. We need yeah. food. And we went to uh, we looked at the various bars that were within like five minutes away. It's like let's go to this one. We picked the neighborhood bar. Yes, which was great and. Everything that we like, oh, yeah, had greasy, greasy food. Yes. You had an amazing plate of food. It was just like a, a pile North, of brown. Yeah. yeah. We went to the Northside Grill. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it was just a plate of brown food. <laughs> is it was that, white, was it, uh, white bread? Texas toast, like mm-hmm. thickness of white bread okay. with uh, thin slices of roast beef. Okay. Uh, just kind of on top of that. Big old pile of mashed potatoes and then gravy over the entire plate. Oh, so you got you got fancy SOS. Yeah. Uh brown gravy. Yeah. Okay. But um it was I'm glad that both of you knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's my job. Well, it was my job I know. to yeah. know what that is. Did they still serve that? Of course. Biscuits and gravy? You you oh, never no, not, stop serving. Not biscuits, biscuits and gravy. gravy. Shit on a shingle. Shit on a shingle. It's bread or toast, a meat with a gravy poured on it. Sometimes the meat is just cooked over again in the gravy. Yeah, that's usually that's why it's yeah shit on the shingle. Uh, no, we don't serve that. Right. I mean, you can get it. Like all of the components are available if that's what you want. My God, it makes you want to buy one of those cans of Hormel dried sliced beef, <laughs> cook it in a white gravy over some fucking white bread, and just go <gasps> for it. Ugh, okay. 
Somewhere out there, I can actually hear the spirit of Dana Thompson saying, you better do that, motherfucker. That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I'm so hungry right now. Oh, yeah. Everyone was having a good... It was only like 9 o'clock, and the place was bumping. Heck, yeah. Yeah, it really was. But overall, it it was a great night. Um, we had a lot of fun. Oh, that's right. Salt miner said it's it's chipped beef. Yeah, is, no, is, is the actual. Yeah, that's that canned. You can buy that canned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We definitely don't do that. No, cool. I don't think they do that at all in any of them. They probably used to, but like, who eats chipped beef anymore? Uh, it's kind of a out of fashion. They probably served that time. for the for the first time. Ryan did his first float. Because he's on the Kitty Hawk, mm. the Shitty mm. Hawk. Mm-hmm. At, at times, depending on where you were, you could light your sinks on fire because the Kitty Hawk had an issue with jet fuel leaking. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, damn. I th- like we said when we run out of topics, just the show just comes to an end. Yes, it yeah, does. I think that's a. I think that's a show. Yeah. Uh, next right. week we will hopefully have a guest. Hey, it happens. We have one scheduled. Yeah, we yes. have one we'll scheduled. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, I mean, I hope everything's okay. I hope so, too. I think it's probably just a scheduling. It, it probably misunderstood. Yeah, that's fine. It happens. Maybe we end up with two guests next week. Who knows? Party. Oh, all right. Uh, hopefully, if you guys enjoy, if you celebrate a form of the Thanksgiving thing, even if you just want as an excuse to have a paid day off and cook a bunch of food with friends, I uh, mm-hmm. hope you enjoy it this week. And we will talk to everybody next week. Oh, I'm still Andrean. I'm still Venerita. And I am still Cable Hashitani. And we will again talk to you all next week. Bye, all. Bye. Bye.